Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. Today we'll be continuing our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So we've been looking at these issues of the what it is that the Apostle Paul is saying to the saints about how they had an understanding already about the issues of loving each other that he didn't have to write unto them because of the fact that God had already taught them about these things. And we understand how it is that God does the teaching with individuals because God teaches through the Word of God. So as an individual takes in the Word, they're being taught what the Word of God actually says. And we see how Paul describes that whole process. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Because we're going to see Paul describe this process here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're going to start here at verse number 6. And I'm going to read all the way down through verse number 16. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, in this passage, we see how the Apostle Paul 
is describing the issues of how it is that the saints get the understanding that is needed related to the word of God. As an individual is taking in the word that the spirit, part of the Godhead, compares those things and then teaches, communicates that information to the spirit that is inside of us, that's part of who we are, so that way we can have that understanding of what it is that God's word says. Now, this whole process of what we just read here, this can only occur for those who have put their trust in the gospel message for today. Those that have put their trust in the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. When someone puts their trust in that, then the spirit, it, the spirit of God is in the individual. So that way, the spirit can communicate with our spirit to be able to teach what it is that the word of God actually says you know this is how that process when we look at what god's will is it's god's will that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth god wants individuals to come to the truth of what god's word says that's why we says that we have the mind of christ we have a completed word of God that we can use and rely on to tell us exactly what it is that God wants us to do today. And when the Apostle Paul is looking at these saints in Thessalonica, he's seeing that that's what it is that they have done. This is a pattern for us to be able to say that this is what we should be doing. That's why when he holds them up, and let's turn back over to 1 Thessalonians, I want to go to chapter number 2, because you see here in this verse that we're going to read, how it is that Paul says and holds them up as this pattern of things here. When he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, Verse 13, for this cause also think we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So these saints took the information they had been given to them, took this information that Paul's saying, here is things of the word of God. They accepted it as the word of God. And when they were taking it that way and applying it, thing, it then was able to work in their life. That's why you see the things of where Paul gives that 
instruction about how we're to study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That there is an instruction for us about the fact that we need to be studying the word of God. It was something that most individuals who identify themselves as Christian really do not study the Word of God. Most of them don't even read the Word of God outside of, well, you know, I go to church on Sunday and I carry a Bible with me and then it just sits there until the very next Sunday when I carry it with me again and then never even open up the Bible to even look at it. The instruction that we have, if God's word is going to work on us and we're going to have the change that God says that we need to have in the word working in us, we're going to need to study and take it in so that way the spirit can compare the spiritual things with spiritual and that's comparing the things of the word of God to itself so that way we can have that understanding of what it is that the word of God says because as we get that doctrine being built up in us it's going to have the impact of you know changing how it is that we live our life you know, that's why you see how Paul prays for the saints. If we go over to Colossians chapter number 1, you see the prayer that he offers up here starting in verse number 9 of Colossians 1 where it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We see how the very beginning of this prayer that the Apostle Paul is offering up is the fact that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's praying that these saints in Colossus would come to a greater understanding of what it is that the Word of God says. So that way the end result of it would be what we see in verse 10 when it says that ye might walk worthy. So the information that's contained in the Word of God and always knowing when I, we're talking about the Word of God that we understand it from the aspect of that we have to rightly divide the word of truth, studying in the manner that God's word explains for us. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to utilize God's word in the way that God has given us the instruction on how to use it. Because if we just make up our own way 
of utilizing the word of God, it's not going to be effective. There's a method that God has laid out, which is to rightly divide the word. And when we're doing that and taking it in in that manner, it's going to have the impact that we just saw over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, of where it's working in the individual. We see how Paul gives an instruction here over to Timothy. If we turn over to 2 Timothy chapter number 2, we see how as Paul's writing his final epistle here and is giving these instructions here to Timothy about you know, warning him of what's going to happen related to the body of Christ. He gives him an instruction here of what it is that he needs to make sure that occurs. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to read here the first two verses of the chapter where it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. And that aspect of teaching this information, so that way it keeps going and going and going. And that there's not this worry of where in chapter 3 where he's giving the thing of here's what's going to happen to the body of Christ as the body of Christ gets farther and farther away from the word of God. And then having to say... You know, here's a charge I'm giving to you, and the charge begins with the aspect of preaching the word, because it's the word that's going to have that impact on individuals. You know, it's not the things that we say; it's what the word of God actually says. That's why you see how, you know, Paul says in Romans chapter ten, "So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing." by the word of God. It's the word of God which is going to produce faith in an individual. It's the word of God which is going to have that impact. It's the word of God that should be the focus. And when we see things like, for example, let's go over to the book of Philemon to where Paul says here in Philemon verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And it's that communication of the faith and that can only start to happen when an individual has built up that faith within themselves, which means they have to be studying the word. So that way, it's just a normal part of who we are. And that way, when Paul says the things of, you know, I don't have to write unto you about the things of love because they already understood exactly what it is that God wanted them to know about the things of loving one another. We see that aspect. We looked at this you know, a few weeks ago, but you know, 
when Paul's you know concluding here again, bringing up that issue of love, let's go over to the book of Galatians, to where we see how Paul, as he's writing to this assembly, brings up some of those aspects related to the ideas of love. And he says here in Galatians, we'll start here in chapter number 6, first, when he says here in verse 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And now, this here is speaking about that demonstration of the love that we are to have and how you see Paul saying that we are to, it says, you know, do good unto all men. You know, there's not supposed to be an aspect of, well, I'm not going to do good unto these individuals because of, and then some excuse that's being come up with by the individual and why they're not demonstrating that love. God makes it very clear of that we are to do good unto all men. Now, there is an aspect of especially unto those who are of the household of faith. So we're especially supposed to be making sure that we're demonstrating that love towards the other members of the body of Christ. But we're to be making sure that we're also demonstrating love towards all individuals. You know, and yes, sometimes that is hard. And usually that thing of when we say it's hard, it's because, you know, we're allowing the lust of the flesh to have that influence on us. And that's why you see in how in chapter 5, when Paul says in verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are, are contrary to one to the other, said that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So there's a battle that goes on between the flesh and the Spirit, and how there's this thing of that, you see how it's walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He doesn't say walk in the Spirit and ye shall not walk in the flesh because walking in the flesh, you know, and we know that from the book of Romans, that there's condemnation if we were walking in the flesh. And we know that there is no condemnation towards us today the aspects of sin has been taken care of you know so if there's no sin there could be no wrath there could be no judgment in that manner that's being put on us to where we could face those aspects of condemnation now we can do the things of quenching the spirit frustrating the grace of god you know, because we're giving in to that lust of the flesh instead of walking in the Spirit. But we are to be walking in the Spirit, especially as we're interacting with other individuals. 
you know, that's where the end result is going to be where Paul says here in verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. That That's where that demonstration of the fruit of the Spirit comes in, and that comes in related to how it is that we're having the things of the Word of God actually working in us and through us in our daily life. And that's the whole aspect of, you know, you see, in, you know, we're here in Galatians. Let's turn back a couple chapters to chapter 2. And you see how Paul puts this in verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That as we're living the life that has been intended for us, it's Christ living in us and through us. And that's what happens as the word of God has been built up in us. You know, and that's why you see how Paul, in his epistles, you know, that he doesn't just immediately just jump into a thing of do this, don't do that, you know, which is where so many people think that the whole aspect of even having any sort of discussion really should be. He gets into the issues of here's doctrine. So he gives people, here's all this doctrine that you need in your life. And then as a person has that understanding of the doctrine, then he'll shift into the aspect of, now that you understand this, here's how the doctrine's going to work out of your life. Here's the practical aspects of those things as the word is working in you. you know, And that's really where when we look at these saints in Thessalonica here, when Paul's saying things about, I don't have to write unto you about this, it's because they've already effectively demonstrated those things of where they've taken the word in and it's having that impact on them to where now they can actually demonstrate everything that the Word of God actually says. And by doing that, the impact that they have on other individuals as they're doing this, and let's turn over to Philippians chapter number 2, because you see how Paul describes the impact that we are to have on individuals in this manner and here in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read verse 15, where it says, That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now, it doesn't take very long to figure out that the world we're living in is described as that crooked and perverse nation. We are to be 
lights among that crooked and perverse nation that's out there. You know, so, and we become that light by the word of God actually working effectively in us through our study and taking in of the word of God. And if we're not doing that, then we're going to look like everyone else. And we're going to look like the things of this world, which is what the Apostle Paul is clearly trying to tell us that we shouldn't be. And when he holds up individuals like he does these saints in Thessalonica, he's holding them up so that way we can understand that pattern for how it is that we are to be living our life as well. Now, next week, we'll actually start verse number 10 of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information about how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.